LinkedIn presents. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, where your source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development, where we share original research, explore industry trends, and interview executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We hope you join us often for practitioner-oriented content around all things related to leadership, HR, talent management, organizational development, and change management. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page, and please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jonathan Stewart about the four main traits to figure out your productivity personality. Jonathan Stewart, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you very much. It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the UK, and today we're going to be talking about four main traits to figure out your productivity personality. I think that's really interesting. Everyone has a different approach to how they do work, uh, and sometimes we get a little bit too prescriptive and try to, you know, claim that, you know, my way is the best way. You read all these different books about, you know, productivity hacks and, and all those sorts of things. And I, and I think there's uh, utility in all of that. Uh, but ultimately, you have to do what's what resonates with you, what's genuine and authentic for who you are. And if you're trying to be too much like somebody else, it's just going to cause problems. And it's not going to increase your productivity. It's actually going to drain you more. Uh, you're going to burn out faster. And you're going to be ultimately less productive. So we're going to explore all of that together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Jonathan's bio with everybody. Based in the UK and founder of Simplicity Specialist, Jonathan Stewart is a neurodivergent entrepreneur, out-of-the-box business coach, systems specialist, and a Notion-certified consultant dedicated to helping entrepreneurs build a business that works for them, helping them break free of traditional business advice and finding joy in their business. Along with that, Jonathan hosts two must-listen podcasts, Working Well in Business, and Notion Nerds. He has also been featured on the popular podcast, What Works with Tara McMullen, and was a guest speaker at the recent Introvertpreneur Summit. Uh, again, a pleasure to have you, Jonathan. Anything else you would like to share with me by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in? Yeah, so I am someone who just loves to to figure out how the mind works. I... <laughs> my journey into becoming like a businessy person came from teaching guitar hence why my lovely room looks very musicy um it it was something that i started from there and the whole philosophy of what i do now went all the way back there of like there is not one way to do things there's lots of ways to do things and it's about figuring out how you work and i spent a very long time trying to follow that productivity advice and doing what everybody else told me to do and it ended up 
wasn't great wasn't a good good place to be so I figured out how to do it in a way that worked for me and I just love talking about it I could talk about it forever (laughs) yeah well and it's good I think most of us find ourselves falling into that trap right and a lot of times it's because we're kind of desperate like we just we want to get better at what we're doing it's coming from a place of motivation we want to set goals we want to improve uh, and, and there's, you know, certain common principles that probably are going to be effective for most people. Uh, but when you start to get into like really specific, um, you know, prescriptive kind of approaches to how to increase productivity, the reality is we're not a monolith. Everyone's different. Everyone has different styles, different approaches. Uh, and, and we need to have some level of adaptability to be able to account for that. So I personally, you know, I've been like that in the past too. And, and I found it very freeing when I realized that I get to chart my own path. Now it can be also a little bit scary because now you don't have like a recipe for how you can be successful, but it also means now you're not tied down and now you can explore and you can try things and without judgment. Right. And all of that has really been helpful for me. And, And ultimately over time, I've just found that I've been able to flourish because I haven't been held back you know, with, with kind of the expectations of what others might impose on me around how to work effectively, be effective, um, be productive, et cetera. Yeah. And, and as someone who is neurodiverse, who, who has autism, like it was super important for me to figure it out because most of the advice out there is so lacking of nuance, which is often what the productivity advice is. As you were saying, it has value, but it also lacks so much of the nuance and the small tiny details that would actually is for me the most transformational part it's the nuance that's missed when you talk about you know uh, time blocking and x and y and doing it this way and goal setting and types of goals and habit formation and all of that stuff that is so popular to talk about on the internet but then no one really talks about the bit where you've actually got to do it (laughs) (laughs) and being able to adapt when things go wrong and a lot of what's said is based on this philosophy of like you take this step something comes in your brain and then you throw it out like it's a computer which is sort of fine but also isn't totally accurate in terms of how our brains function and how they work they don't when our brains although commonly thought of as a computer that's not the full story and it lacks so much of the nuance and a lot of the productivity hacks and tips are based on this idea that our brains are computers when in the past our brains was thought of as things like waterworks and um cogs and machines and and some really like dirt and clay and soil and it's so interesting to to something that i'm really super passionate about is like bringing back that nuance of like okay yes but here's some here's something else like this is this is like let let's let's move from the external into the internal and go what do you want what do you have and what do you need and working less from like having it put on top of you which is often the productivity advice you need a system that system needs to handle all your tasks for you and fix things for you and sort you out because you are not okay and really my point is like well, what what if the way that you work is actually okay what if you're not <laughs> yeah. broken? What if you don't need fixing? You just need to be able to know where you start from so so that you can start from a place of actually knowing where to go. Because yes, as you were saying, it's absolutely terrifying when you're like, okay, cool, where do I even start? Okay, so this, you know, 
British thing is talking to me going, well, you just, you know, start from yourself and work from your way and the motivational speaking of it all, which is lovely and great, but how do you actually do it? And so that's what I've kind of dedicating my life to figuring out. Yeah, that's right. I, I think we're, we're going to dive into this more and more as we go throughout the conversation. Uh, but laying that groundwork from the start, I think, is really helpful uh, and gives everyone a framing for how we're going to be approaching the rest of the dialogue today. Um, now, I thought we could start from here on out talking about those four main traits. Uh, as we were preparing for this episode, you provided some resources and materials. I know that's something you talk a lot about, four main traits to figure out your productivity personality. First, what do you mean by productivity personality? And then what are those four main traits? And let's talk about those. Yeah, so um, the way I see, there are there are common patterns, as my brain likes to find lots of patterns, as I've worked with uh, varying amounts of uh, business owners of all sizes and shapes and people and cognitive wants and desires i've noticed these these patterns that keep occurring and so these traits are kind of like when everything has gone wrong when you need to when when things have just gone absolutely crazy and you're now like ah right i need to figure all of this out again because something's gone wrong what do i do this is kind of like almost like a, a baseline that you can go from it's not a box to stick yourself in and what you may find as you're as we go through each of the traits is that you're like oh yeah well i sort of am like that but i'm also like that one of the things i find difficult with personality quizzes which put me off making this in the first place was like Yes, you're not just one of these. It's like you are a combination of these. And depending on the environment that you're in and the situation that you are experiencing right now, it very much is variable. But this gives you a chance to go, OK, cool. I'm feeling like this today. This is where I'm at. This is what my brain is doing. This is how my brain is interacting with me and the environment that I'm in. So here's where I can start from so that there's always somewhere where you can just go. Ha, there you are. You're right there. I see you. I see you. I understand where I'm coming from. And then you're able to kind of build off of that. So you aren't just guessing all of the time. Let's dive on in. What are those four main traits? Let's unpack them and and explore a little bit more. And, and I'll, I'll also say, as you were talking about just that caveat about personality um, profiles and such, I have the same kind of general uh, aversion to them. Um, not because they can't be useful, but because people become so dogmatic mm -hmm. about personality profiles and they like, they, then they start to use them to like psychoanalyze other people around them. And it's, mm -hmm. they're just way too simplistic. Like if you can take them for what they are and have a self-reflective exercise, that's helpful. But if you start to become super dogmatic, that's not helpful. Uh, and so we're, neither of us are advocating for that as we're talking about these, these uh, traits or productivity personality. Yeah, so um, the first one is the one that I'm most familiar because it's the one that I am often aligned with, and that is the perfectionist over performer. We all have these perfectionist traits, and it's often viewed as a, a negative of like, just, just get out there and get it done. But I love that I have a high threshold for quality, and I want to make sure that things are like 
like in a way that helps me to do my very best work. And that's the first profile, that perfectionist overperformer, the one who likes to really push the limits and go further. They're often the people who are thought of as workaholics and they try to do too much or they never take a step back and they never rest and they et cetera, et cetera, of that, that person who just wants to always be at 150%, which is my brain a lot of the time. It's how I exist. When I'm in my element, I'm like, oh, I love the attention to detail. I love this. A, a good example of this is I'm currently um, finishing off um, a write-up for a workshop that I'm uh, about to run uh, to do with um, like redefining simplicity as a neurodiverse business owner. And I'm, I'm writing it right now. And I'm like, oh, there's so much I want to talk about. There are so many concepts that I want to put in here. But of course, I have 30 minutes to do that. And so there's the perfectionist overperformer going, I I know that rationally I can't cover every single point of that, especially some of them are kind of complicated, like <laughs> neuroscience and psychology. And um, although my audience like to go d- deep into kind of all those conversations and rabbit holes, um, but I know I've got to have that space and time to reflect. And so for me, my perfectionist of a performer likes to just give an awful lot. And as I'm aware of that, I can be like, okay, cool. Am I over delivering to a point where I'm not happy or is it to a detriment? And I'm able to go, cool, is, is my productivity, am I trying to do too much in my productivity? Am I trying to deliver everything all at once all of the time or is it actually something like ah okay no I actually want to be at this level this is the level that I'm happy with because otherwise I will just spiral out of control and a lot of what I talk about is that awareness and just seeing stuff seeing how you work allows you to work with what you do and that relationship between seeing something and acting on it Um, there's a concept called perception and action coupling and when the two go together because that's how we actually operate often it's seen as we see something we do something we see something we do something but really as we see something we're doing something in response to that and then we're kind of going around in this kind of uh, circle that that allows us to understand the way we work but perfectionist overperformer is the first one yeah, and I've I've certainly experienced that too. It's it's a temptation because you you know we it, it goes along I think with imposter syndrome. Like people don't want to be found out, and so they're going to work really hard. You know, cross every uh, T, dot every I, check and recheck everything, uh, go above and beyond. I, I'm a big believer. You know, under promise, over deliver. I think that's a good general principle as you're working, especially with clients and customers, uh, or even internally within your organization. But if you get to the point where you're just perfectionistic uh, and the perfect robs progress, you know, you're just not able to move forward. And we've all been in that situation, either as the person who's fallen into the perfectionism trap or as the person who's been frustrated because we're not getting anything that we need because the person is too stuck in trying to make sure every last thing is perfect. I would much rather have something that's 80% there, get it quickly, be able to try it iterate, you know, and, and revise it on the fly, you know, build the plane while you're flying it. It may not be perfect. You're going to have to, you're going to learn what doesn't work. You're going to tweak it. You know, I'd much rather do that and, and build things and fix things as I go by experimenting and trying things and figuring out what works and what doesn't than waiting for someone to, you know, who thinks they might be able to get it 
perfect before they pass it along. The reality is it's still not going to be perfect because there's things they can't foresee. And so as perfect as it may be when they hand it off to you, chances are pretty soon you're going to have to go back and revise and tweak and pivot and all those things anyways. So why not just move into that in the first place? So just recognizing that within yourself and the tendency that you may have towards perfectionism in the work that you do, I think is really, really important. Also recognizing perhaps how it might connect to a level of insecurity that you might have or imposter syndrome, I think is also very helpful. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really important one. And and it also goes hand in hand with some of the, one of the things that I love that I'm studying now around um, dynamical systems theory and the concept of emergence of like things emerge over time. And that for my perfectionistic tendencies um, has been really helpful because what I found is as I've learned that that's how my brain naturally gravitates when I'm struggling or things are in the way or whatever's going on, when things don't stay in the order that productivity dictates with the hacks and the tips. It's like, you just do this and this and this and nothing else gets involved. I have two young children, both with additional needs. That that does get in, involved a lot of the time. And so for me, that concept of like emergence and seeing things come out over time and like, oh, so this is here. So I can now connect this with this and move this to here. And then my I can use my like, perfectionist tendencies in a, a way that's actually beneficial versus not because th these profiles are very much like they are good as much as they are bad it's not a binary of like either you do this or you don't it's not stuff you need to fix it's stuff you need to know and then you can use that it's kind of tool in your toolbox that you can go oh cool i know how to do this i'm feeling really unmotivated okay let me press this button and turn on that desire to overperform and over deliver and excite my clients and make people happy. And then, oh, I can I can I, I suddenly have that motivation again. But for people who don't have those tendencies, if you don't have that tendency, then it doesn't matter how much you care. A lot of it's like, well, which is most important for you? Well, all of it's equally important because I don't have that tendency to want to perfect everything. I just want to get it done and get it out. So that's not very helpful for me in getting things done, is it? And so that's where I love to play with, with the profile. Good. So as we move on then, uh, what's the next one? So the next one is the committed creative. So these are... I don't like the word dreamer, but these are the dreamers. They are they are like they are completely outside of the box and they're thinking like everything is about their drive is about creativity. It's about really coming up with ideas and daring to think outside of the box and being able to like just create some amazing ideas that that just others could not even think about and the idea with a committed creative is their focus isn't on output like the perfectionist over performer it's on like generation it's generative it's creating it's bringing it out it's it's just having a lot of fun with creating stuff so the output doesn't really fit in with the common common advice which means when you're trying to build systems traditional views of systems is it's output driven it's very much oh you must get this done by this deadline by this date by this hour and and for a committed creative that's not going to make 
any sense and they won't be motivated by an outcome they'll be motivated by the ability to create and be creative and to play with ideas to problem solve uh committed creators are very much a problem solver and a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of in that committed uh creative they they have a lot of that in them because they are problem solvers they love to like make different things pull together and and less about the output and more about the the joy of creation for them yeah yeah and and that again is different for everyone and i am a believer that everyone is creative so a lot mm-hmm. of times you know we think about creativity kind of in a narrow way uh you know are you an artist are you a musician uh okay great those are creative endeavors but so are like so many things um and i don't care if you're uh you know a writer or if you're you know doing something like this like we're doing right now i don't care if you're uh uh, doing anything where you're developing materials, processes, where you're interacting with other people. Like there's so much creativity built in and embedded into all the things that we do every day. And we all, you know, we talk about having innovative cultures, having innovative companies that's built upon creativity. Uh, and if we can step out of our own way and recognize that, yeah, there's lots of different ways that creativity manifests. We want to create an environment where everyone can do creativity their own way. Um, that's, that's most effective for them. I think that's going to be really important and and will lead to higher performing teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you caught a really good thing there. Like in terms of creative, it's not just the arts and, and, and that stuff. I like, I find like, I found when working with certain people who were kind of had a high percentage of that trait, it was very much turning like their system or their productivity into like this dynamic and changing and evolving and playful space. So they weren't drawing everything or writing music about it. What they were doing was just playing in that space and having their things change every so often or, or having that space to have a lot more freedom. Whereas the perfectionist over performer is very much like structured this, 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 and this, you have the committed creative is very much like just a free, free spirit once again i don't like the language but it's the best description of it and being able to go hey this is fun like this is oh i can try this and and to your point of like it's not just the arty art and creative stuff like i i love it when you're stringing words together and one of one of the things that i'm really passionate about is the etymology of words and thinking about what what words have meaning and meaning is not static it is dependent on each individual and and that to me is a creative endeavor because you look at the words and and the etymology of a word and you're like oh that's interesting i could interpret that in 8 9 10 different ways and we have the you know the um, the emergence of ai tools and technologies that are coming out at the moment and there is a lot of creative potential there from something that is just a, a an autocorrect and uh, all it is is just a generative bit of text but what you can do with that and you know having it as a, a more advanced autocorrect one of the things that i've been enjoying with that is that the creative aspect of that of being able to go oh you can do that and then you can do that and i can make this connection here and here which is something that ai can't quite do yet um so that to me are like being able to create and just 
it's it's such a freeing process and it, for me even recently i i've spent a lot of my life going well i'm just not a creative person i'm just not a creative i don't do art things and art projects but recently i found as i've been thinking more about what i want to do it was about finding something that mattered to me going back to what i was saying earlier about like what do i want and what do i have like I want to achieve this. So I want, I, and I have these things at my disposal. So that allowed that creativity to come forward. And that to me is really exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Um, and now I, I know at the time we're running out of time. So maybe we can cover the last two uh, a bit quicker. Um, tell us about number three and four. Yeah, so the final two are the Pondering Rebel and the Generative Producer. The Pondering Rebel is the natural born leader. They have their ways, they follow what they do, and and they are there for the for the for the little person, for the one. They are constantly focused on working in their own way. They have that fundamental grip on who they are and they just work that way. Now that can be beneficial and also a drawback for them. They may not be into the uh, AI tools because, well, why would I? But also they need to be able to see what's potentially there and, and note their little, the spots of that. And then you have the generative producer, which is someone who has a body of work. Like this is a massive body of work that has taken on a lifetime. It's, it's kind of, it's similar to the creative. It's the creative with output is the best way I've, I've found to describe it. And they have a team around them to just keep bringing things out but because they are now at a certain size or or they have so much to think about um often they get lost in in the middle and so it's super important when you're in that place of being a generative producer to also remember that you are part of that system instead of it being just creative output throw it out there so those are the very very brief uh <laughs> Yeah. Jonathan, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, again, I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today. Yeah, sure. So you can find me at simplicity-specialist.com. Um, and I talk about all this stuff and even more about creating things that work for you. And the thing to leave you with um, is starting from you what would happen if instead of you do what other people tell you to do you start from what you want to do and you imagine hey what if I'm not broken what if there isn't a problem with me what does that mean what can I do and where can I go from that well said Jonathan it's been a pleasure I encourage the audience to reach out get connected find out more about what Jonathan can do for you and as always I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Do you enjoy the Human Capital Innovations Podcast? Enjoy ad-free listening by going to the Patreon page. And please consider contributing even at the producer or sponsorship level. And please leave a review. Thank you for your support. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.